You couldn't tell me April 27, 2012, before that game started, based upon what happened in the previous Eastern Conference Finals and what I saw in the regular season. You couldn't tell me we weren't going to the finals. It's the future. Down in distance. WGNRadio.com. Rebound taken by Iguodala. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. Irving and Curry. One-on-one. Irving puts it up. It's good. Kyrie Irving from downtown. Shepard trying to stay with Curry. Catches. One dribble. Steps back. Puts up a three. Won't go. Rebound tip taken by Spades. Final seconds. It's over. It's over. Cleveland is a city of champions once again. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Welcome in to Down the Distance. Another down here. DAD Pod on Twitter. At Peyton Sun. P-A-Y-T-O-N-S-U-N. Sean Davis. SD2 Mics on Twitter. WGNRadio.com. Affiliated with the arena. Coming soon. Time now to kind of piggyback on what we just talked about in the last down. Talking about legacies when we talk about the NBA and LeBron James and Steph Curry. Sean, you brought it to my attention, man. And I'm going like, to actually give it to you, man. You take it from here. Because when it comes to legacy, I, I love listening to you talk about legacies. Well, you know, we talked about it a little bit on Sports Feed last week. And we're going to continue the conversation. And we're going to do so with... None other than the bigs. You know, these guys, they've been following and covering not only, well, just Chicago sports in Ooh. general. I don't even want to just leave it at the Bulls, the Cubs, the White Sox. Just anything sports in Chicago. Our guy Eugene McIntosh and our guy Terrence Tomlin, who we know from his time here at WGN. So it's a pleasure to have these guys in studio. And we're going to talk about legacy. So, of course, the legacy. I also want to point out a great article by a guy, Brian Crawford, released on Hoop Magazine this morning talking about LeBron not needing to win the NBA Finals in order to establish himself as a great player. It's a great piece. Uh, he went into it, and uh, he goes against the narrative that this Finals and this championship actually meant something monumental for LeBron's legacy. So it was a different way of looking at it. I'm interested in hearing what you guys thought about that and how the Finals impacted uh, his legacy. But for me... Uh, LeBron was always a great player to me. Uh, I always felt like, yeah, he had flaws. Very much had flaws. I mean, it's the same thing we used to hear from Lakers fans and Celtics fans who dominated the 80s when Mike was coming up. Yeah, he scored 63 in the Garden, but he got swept. You know, we would hear the same thing. So I feel like LeBron went through some of the same trials and tribulations that Mike went through, that Kobe went through. Kobe just happened to be blessed to be on a team that had one of the most (laughs) impactful big men of all time. So he was able to add championships to his resume a little bit earlier. He didn't have to go through the same battle that a Mike had to go through in building the organization. And LeBron had to go through. But when you take a step back, and I talked about in our last segment, it's amazing how we can have appreciation for the mental approach that Larry Bird had, knowing that he doesn't have certain physical capabilities. But we disrespect, because LeBron has certain physical capabilities, we disrespect his mental approach to the game. Because guys didn't knock down shots at the end of games, all of a sudden he's not clutch. But if John Paxson and Steve Kerr don't knock down certain shots, then that's not a great play by Michael Jordan to recognize that he's been double or triple team. So it's just amazing how people have different perceptions of the man. Right. You know, when you're an 18 year old stepping into the NBA and when you can yeah. come in and perform at yeah. 18, yeah. 
that's to me, that's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, Kobe was on the bench when he first came in, but that very next year, you saw him take it to another level. I'm amazed when kids can come out of high school and establish themselves as a player in the NBA. And then you start to see remnants of the dominance that is to come. So for me, LeBron was always a great player. I think this finals for me was more about uh, the downgrade of Steph. Five, two of the worst, yes, two of the top five worst performances by a regular season MVP in the finals. Hmm. The five worst performances, Steph Curry has two of those. Magic Johnson, I think, is one in 82 when he dribbled out the clock and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget the other. Uh, the other, I think Jack, uh, Jack Silverstein had this article up. But now we'll talk about it. I'll get that information. But he has two of the five worst performances by regular season MVP in the NBA Finals. So with that, it's like, man, I, I absolutely think he was exposed in a certain way. I think Golden State and their system – kind of was exposed in a certain way, the way they approached the game. Because you could see their answer to adversity is, let's hit these threes. Yep. Like, that's how they answer the call. Like, it's tough, we hit these threes. And from what I saw, Steph has to come back. That's a lot for him to answer in the next couple of years. Like, he's he's almost like taking the spot that LeBron has taken, Right. Because now it's almost like everybody's like, okay, not only do you have to get back to the finals, but you have to dominate in the finals. Yes. Until we see that, it's questionable. You know, going into the series, I definitely think that we had two superstars whose legacy was on the line. Steph Curry trying to submit his legacy and win his back-to-back championship, and you had LeBron trying to get his third, running up against the powerhouse that was the Golden State Warriors. And it went all the way to this game seven where it seems like everything was on the line. And like you said, I believe Steph got exposed. And his legacy definitely took the biggest hit. Uh, where you saw that on both sides of the ball, he had a bunch of issues. Where, where you put him up against a dog like Kyrie Irving, and Steph had a lot of problems. you know, And it trickled down from him to the rest of his team. Well, from, from my perspective, as far as LeBron James is concerned, I agree with you. Like, he exceeded expectations coming into the league. So he's always been a great player. For me, he definitely needed to win this championship to cement his legacy as one of the greatest of all time, period. The other two, yeah, that's cool, but he had Wade and Bosh. This year, he led the team. There's There's no way you can argue 30 points 10 rebounds 10 assists in the series there's just no way you can do it whether you hate him or not you have to give him the the respect yeah yeah we're bulls fans so of course it's a natural you know it's it's natural hate but man please everybody in chicago has a little bit of joe in them from the bench like yeah listen i enjoy going to cleveland i don't know what he's talking (laughs) about i have fun in cleveland are you going back to cleveland for vacation or anything like that soon i mean i would take the family there yeah (laughs) just to kick it you know what i mean i got you'll have more fun in columbus dude i'm not going there all right (laughs) i know you already know yeah listen i'm it's tough when I when I think about this. I never wavered on LeBron James. I've always been a fan from 
when he came into the league. I just I knew how hard it had to be to be able to live up to those expectations right. and to come in and play at a high level right away. See, most people they come in and they you give them they have a grace period or a time to be able to like to to not do so well and, and hit bumps in the road. He did, but his were magnified in a way that was totally different than any other athlete that we've seen previous, right? Social media was hitting at the time. It was like at the, on the rise, and he became like that first star to be followed through social media mm-hmm. with everything was being picked at. And for a guy who don't know him, never met him, and I think we're all sensitive in some way when it comes to something, right? But in, he's a sensitive dude. All right. That's the reason why he goes dark on social media. He says he does. He doesn't tweet anything. I have a hard time believing he doesn't read what's going on right. or have somebody else telling him what's going yeah, he on. He said it gets back to him. Yeah, it like gets it. back to him, right? Yeah, yes. So to watch everything that has gone on, the decisions that he's made through the process of to get to this point, for his legacy, I see where BC was talking about where, yeah, for most people who who see him for who he is, they didn't need this championship to to – validate that he's his greatness right right but that's me but for everybody else i could already see it just imagine just just going back in your brain and just imagine if they said the golden state warriors went back to back (laughs) imagine what the media would be saying about lebron james right now right yes so even even not even looking at the numbers I think most people, if you're a journalist or you cover sports, I think you give him props on if you looked at the numbers. Like you said, you look at the numbers, you can't deny what he did, but they would still go, he, this is another one. This, they would look at the loss more than they look at all the achievements and what he did grinding up to this point. Right. Winning this championship in Cleveland and how he did it, because he stepped out on a limb, man. When he said he was coming back, it wasn't just I'm coming back. He said I'm coming back to win a championship. If you don't do that, you know how much pressure is on your back? Yeah. So I don't know if people know how much pressure it is. They like don't. I, I, like for me. Like and, and we we sit here and we talk about Derrick Rose here in Chicago. Like being from Chicago, I don't know if you understand how much pressure it is. Dude, I played semi pro here. That was all I never played a pro game here, right? The the Bears came to the Tennessee when I was with the Titans, right? I never played a pro pro sport here. Not at Soldier Field. No, I played. I'll never forget with the Chicago Slaughter. I walked out with that name Chicago on it, and being from the city, like, dude, I can't be out here half stepping, yep, dude, because yep. I know the people that are coming into the uh, the the arena at Sears were coming to see me. Okay, and I was like, dude. I can only imagine times that by 100 for no that doubt, man. No doubt. His ability to be able to get past all that, to win a championship, his greatness. I just I don't want people to to not look at what he's done, look at his career and not give him the props. Hate on him if you want about anything else, right. but when it comes to his basketball abilities, his legacy is cemented as one of the best to ever play this game. And his deficiencies, Sean, that you were talking about, that every player has, his ability to be talked about as one of the greats, to me, goes back to my conversation about when we talk about greatness in sports. To me, it's not about being the best scorer, right? Like, I love Steph. I love watching Steph. 
He's a great scorer, but there's his deficiencies in his game, his on the defensive side. Eh. But I think a clear I talked about the mental approach, I right? I get the mental so approach. So let's go to the post game. Steph's sitting there and he says in the fourth quarter, I mentally just kept going to what wasn't working. I kept shooting threes. I wasn't knocking them down. I should have been more aggressive to get into the paint and make plays. LeBron, early in the game, he doesn't have confidence in his jump shot. He knows that. So does he force it to try and hit a three and get himself going? No. Or does he continue to go to the rim, get to the cup, make plays for other people on his team? And, you know, that just shows how intelligent he is in a pressure situation to say, and that shows you the difference. A growth that needs to take place in Steph and pressure situations as far as his thinking and his mental approach and what LeBron has been through. Like, he's been through it. He's had games where he's forced the jump shot. He's settled over and over again. He went through that early in his career. Now he's in this pressure situation, and he's probably learned from being next to Dwayne Wade. Yes. You know, I heard, I don't know, I can't confirm this, I heard after game four, D-Wade called him and said, yo, what are you doing? <laughs> Check, what are you doing? Take, take a step forward and take this league and take this series by the neck. You're the best player on the court. I think that's what you saw, game five through game seven. He found a way to make sure he put his imprint on this series. I'm interested in this because his legacy, a lot of people would try to tie his legacy to the suspension. You talked about his, his sensitivity. What Draymond Green said. Whether or not it's said a bunch of times, yeah, of course it's said a lot. Right. You know, allegedly some other uh, Cleveland Cavaliers players said that some was mentioned about his wife. I don't know if that sticks or whether or not. My whole point is, do you really think, do you guys really think that kind of fueled him when he left that game to say, you know what? Or was it just simply Draymond not being there kind of got him going in game five? And it, once the train got going, it was like okay. And get, and get, when uh, I think the suspension of Draymond really did it fueled him a little bit. But you could tell on his court presence, his ability to be able to do what he wanted to do, and to build that confidence was I think was huge because he could pick his spots. And there was, I mean, anybody that was on him, it was I was looking going a toast. You know, like let him get to where he wants to get. Let him get to the rack if he wants to get to the rack. It got him where he had a game where when you feel good and things are going your way, that carries over into a next performance. And that mm-hmm. can carry on to the end of a, a, a series if you need it to be by just getting a little bit more confidence. But what just gets me is that Sean keeps bringing this up about not having confidence in his jumper, right? And not. Most people would keep wanting to go to the well and keep going there when, okay, listen, I see. Because people who were sitting around me and being at the, the offices were like, yo, why isn't he shooting? I'm like, hey, he just doesn't look – he don't want to shoot right now. Like Le- LeBron? He, yeah, like he don't. He doesn't want to shoot right now. Right. Why isn't he shooting? He needs to shoot. I'm like, dude. And I didn't really think about it that way. I didn't think about it like I'm thinking in my head going, well, he's thinking of something else. But I didn't think of him not – you know, having confidence in his jumper. I'm always in my head, and when I'm watching a game, I'm thinking that athletes are always confident, right? But then I have to go back to being an athlete and how I played. Yeah. There were certain times where there were certain things on the field. I could, 
I just couldn't do. Right. Like that day, they just it wasn't working. Like you, so now you have to be able to change things up on the go for him to be able to do that, to understand that it's maturity, it's time of being able to play and being in those situations, which kind of carry you over. And if you can do that before and have, you know, the mental ability to be able to do that, because we talk about physical all the time, man. Mm-hmm. Like, that's great. Some of the best players I've been around mentally are the strongest people that I've ever been able to be around. Ed Reed, guys that could mentally beat you before you even got out onto the field. Yep. Not everybody had – I ain't have that. So what was, what was the bigger impact, what Draymond said or Golden it State what, and the rest Clay of the said. team piling yeah, on? It was what Clay said. Yeah. It was what Clay said. It's him and his feelings. Yeah. yeah. He was I, like, huh? I, I think it – well, not the Draymond thing was definitely a factor. I also think, don't forget, Bogut wasn't there. That's so true. they didn't have that's a rim protector. I think yeah. that's, the biggest, that's the biggest you know? issue. But then again, like you guys said, I just think me and Terrence talked about this. LeBron just wasn't losing this. You know, he knew what was at stake, and he just wasn't going to lose it. So I think, like you said, if it was Wade that called him, if it was him and Kyrie, they had this special talk like, look, bro, I need you to. Right. I can take us there, but I need you to help. You know, because right. Kyrie turned into this spectacular guy the and last And it's funny because we were in here with Vince after game one and two, and Vince was going, and he was like, man, I'm so disappointed. I thought Kyrie was a killer. Yeah. And we were sitting here like, yeah, I thought so too. And the next thing you he, know, it's he, like. He needed that kick. You know, yeah. he needed that swift kick. Yeah. King said, come on with me, man. Like Richard Jeff, you, did you see what Richard Jefferson said? He owes his life to LeBron. Yeah, James? I saw that post game. Hey, man, maybe they'll, maybe he'll become mayor. That was RJ. Yeah, that was RJ's <laughs> first championship, yeah, right? Yep. Yeah. I'm happy for You know, at the end of the day, I was the biggest LeBron. I'm the biggest critic anyway. So the talent was always there. Like like JP says, the physical specimen is like none other. Ridiculous. You know, I definitely think he doesn't get enough credit for his bat. I mean, his basketball IQ is, you know, it's – he makes some amazing plays out there. And then you say like scoring and shooting. I don't I think at this point in his career, it's not he's not not confident in his jump shot. He just knows that's not the biggest part of his game. Like you said, the he, I'll make the play when it's necessary. Right. I'll make the play at the end of the game. But like we said, we there were two or three plays where he would have Steph Curry on him, but he would pass cross court to J.R. Smith for three. Well, that's just the way they play. That's you know, and you live like Barkley. You live by it. You die by it. But you have to. You, in some ways, when you are that big, and when you are that big of a star, and the guys just to hear you talk about what RJ said, like I owe my life to this dude. I couldn't believe it. He, the respect that you get when you're the best player, and everybody knows it. When you're on the team with that guy, you better shape up. Mm-hmm. And so he understands that sometimes people stand around and watch I'm gonna get you this ball real quick keep you I need to keep you in the game right right? I need to make sure his ability to be able to make sure that everybody is feeling like they're a part of the game because he knows listen I'm gonna get dude I can get a triple double every single night right but I gotta make sure that you on point I gotta make sure you on point I gotta make sure you put you focus because I'm focused over here so you know so you're not sleeping over here because he I think he knows I think his I think people don't think about how much he really does get to know the guys that are on his team True. and his guys, right? True. So he knows he's a, he might not be a people person to everybody else because of his celebrity, 
But the people that are close to him, yeah. dude, he knows what makes them tick. True. Like, dude, I need Jr. We gotta get Jr. going. Yes. Same thing we talked about yesterday. It's like with Jr. Smith. It's like that's another thing you gotta pay homage. He brought a bunch of guys that may have been on their way out the league championships, man. Yeah. Jr. Jr. a good player though. Let's not don't, yeah. let's not front. Jr. Smith is a good player. Shump was on his way out. I mean, Della Dela he's good. Right. Channing Fry, Richard Jefferson, we can go on and on. So, I mean, just give a man his props, man. That's how I want to end it. Let's just give mm-hmm. him his props. He did what he said he came to do. And for Bulls fans, the next two, two or, three, or three, four years. years it's not absolutely. Good. And I think this is the championship where you look at LeBron's legacy and say, man, he has three, four, five more great years in him. And But, look, you know, let's take a look oh. back. At this season, this was one of the first seasons I can remember with LeBron being in his prime where he wasn't the most hyped player. Yeah, right. It was all about Steph Curry, right. the Golden State Warriors, and everything surrounding them. And this is something that LeBron had to overcome. Being down 3-1, he's facing Golden State's legacy. He's facing everything in his legacy being flipped upside down. And then he overcomes and wins this championship. I definitely think it's his most impressive championship. Yeah. Has to be. It's funny because I believe it was Whitlock. He was talking about really understand what LeBron is looking at big picture. He's saying, I put in the work. I went up against Kobe. I went up against Washington Mike. I went up against the greats trying to build myself up to this point. I get to the point. Well, look, my family is the first family of the NBA. And this dude comes out of nowhere and hasn't put in any work, and you're just going to anoint him, the best player in the world, and anoint his family, the family of the NBA? And make him unanimous. Now, big picture, that might sound real petty, Gene. No, not really. It might sound petty, but as a man, I get it. Because, yeah, he has put in the work. And you're trying to just hand this to him on a platter? It's like, no, nah, nah, not only am I going to beat you, I'm going to find small ways during this series to humiliate you. Right. And there were like two or three times where it was like, oh, like the block at the end, the block at the of those end of game blocks, six, LeBron, he got like, him in nah. game seven. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that game, that block on Eagle Dollar, man, that was. That, was, think, that touched on what uh, Eugene was saying. <laughs> LeBron just wasn't going to he lose. He wasn't going to lose, man. He climbed up that ladder and went and took it off the yeah. back. But the crazy thing was, you watch, he actually pushed Clay out the way. Mm-hmm. Clay was thing. in front of him. Okay. He pushed Clay out the way. Boom. I think they said he hit 19 yeah, he miles hit, per hour. Yeah. Like he hit four steps four in 60 steps. feet. In about two seconds. Yeah, crazy. 60 feet in four steps. Yeah, but let's not forget. Let's not forget about that, the moment and when that happened. We're talking about in a game seven, in a point where at the end of the game, where this. Both sides were gassed, right? Clutch play. Gassed. And you have to – that's where the mental side of the game is so important, where your body is telling you, I'm about to cramp up, you can't go anymore, and your mind is like, let's go make this play. And you push (laughs) through it, that's what makes – that's where I look at it and go, that's amazing. Because I try to play a pickup game, man. I ran up down the court five times. (laughs) And I'm huffing and puffing, man, and I'm in great shape. Like, I'm still – I could play football shape. I'm not, like, physically like the, you know, the 
cardio part, I'm not there, right? But I'm running down the court like, I don't know how guys do this. Play large minutes in a, a whole entire year and then in a tough series? Yeah. Man, I give him so much credit because I've been at that point. You know, I've been on the field, had to tap out real quick. Hey, hey man. Y'all bringing up, sub me out real quick. I need to get a couple of squigs of Gatorade. But make sure the electrolytes are in them pieces. Okay. You know? And that's what's amazing. I'm with all you guys, man. Just give this man his due. It's time, man. It's t- it's time to, to give him his due. Whether you like him, whether you're a Bulls fan, just give him his respect. And you can debate where he sits in, you know, the greatest of all time. He, he's not done yet. Right. That's it, all, it, man. That's it's it. not even done yet. It's Chicago crazy. fans right now just like, and it's sad because he's unleashed. He's unleashed the new Kyrie. See, that's what people aren't thinking about. Like Kyrie now has that. He's gonna have a different swag mm-hmm. in the coming years. He already had one. right now. It's like, now it's like, you yeah. know. And the question: Do you think? Do you guys think we can get into this maybe in the next segment? Whether or not Golden State is panicking a little bit. Like if they really are going after Kevin Durant, is like is that like an acknowledgement of okay, these two might be on a little run here? Yeah, you know, I think they're I think they're good because I think you have to just add a couple of they. I mean, you think they're good? I don't. I'm saying don't I'm saying know, in, in the sense of when you look at cores, right? If you have some type of core that's already established, and you have to put pieces around, and we look in this city. I mean, with the Blackhawks, that's what we – they got two stars that they can build around, regardless of what's happened, right? Because you got Hosa, who's getting old. He's a part of that core. He's getting old. But they found a way to keep – as long as those two and Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze are healthy. See, this is, the, this is the one thing. I've seen Taze and Kane in the finals be those dudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't seen Steph do that yet. See, this is what I'm worried about. I, and so for me, I'm worried about whether or not, and maybe I'm wrong, but I'm looking at this like, okay, you see the bully get beat by somebody. And so the next time you fight the bully is like, okay, I'm bringing somebody I'm else. not really, I'm not, your swag is not beating me before we step on the court anymore. All right. Now I'm going to make you play. And I think the rest of the league is looking at Golden State like, it's not just about Steph being hurt. We see how to play these dudes. OKC did the same thing that Cleveland did. They were physical. They controlled the paint. They outscored them in the paint. It was like a huge disparity. The only thing they didn't have is a guy that could say, look, hey, let's go. I'm taking you there. You if KD has stepped up and done that in game, what, game six game at six, home, yeah. Golden State this. wouldn't even be there. I'm going to end this right now so we can talk some bulls. How do you adjust? That's what I want to see with Golden State. How do you adjust now? Because now people know how to play you. Right. Right? I hate keep going back to what we saw here in Chicago, but I have to just to bring it back to people's minds here in Chicago. Mark Trestman came in. It's the Bears head coach, man. <laughs> no, hold up. First Jeez year. Face. <laughs> hey, see, first year. On, first year, right? First year offensively, it was like, whoa, okay. There's something here. And then second year, you started to see the drop off. He didn't make adjustments. Right. And, and that's what happens. You give people time over the summer or over the break to break down film and find out what you do, and now you have to be able to change accordingly. Right. Right? And if you don't do that, 
Now you start to see the league or whatever league you're in start to catch up to you. Right. Let's see how Golden State adjusts. Hey, man, Dre and Steph in postgame were very clear. We'll be back. They need to have a little bit more respect for what it takes to get yeah, back I'm not in sold. NBA. I'm not it's, man, it's not. We see LeBron go six straight times. We're like, oh, okay. It's not that easy, man. You couldn't tell me April 27, 2012, before that game started, based upon what happened in the previous Eastern Conference Finals and what I saw in the regular season. You couldn't tell me we weren't going to the finals. You, you couldn't tell me. I knew. I'm like, we're going to the finals. Oh, we'll be back. Don't worry. We'll be back. Miami will have to deal with us again. You just never know, man. Never know. You just never know. It's never as easy as you think it is. Life always has a surprise for you.